Welcome to Movie Quest. We're here on a Sunday afternoon spread across Huddersfield chatting over Discord. We're talking today about the new Avengers film and basically I have no idea what's going on in any of the films. So I'm off to see it tonight with Ant and we've asked for our friend Tom to come in and helpfully build up a picture of what's gone on in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe before we go to see the film. So, yep, Ant's with me. Uh, Aaron's currently uh, in Northern Ireland and will be joining us after we've seen the film to chat about his thoughts upon it. And, uh, yep, we've got Tom who knows quite a bit about uh, uh, the Marvel film. So, Ant, what's your knowledge of Marvel so far? Like, What have you seen? What, what do you know about it? So I've basically seen, I've seen a good chunk of them at the cinema. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I've rewatched any of them. Although in preparation for, for Endgame, I did go through and watch um, like the main one, the main ones in the last couple of years. So I watched Thor Ragnarok. I watched, uh, I watched the, uh, Black Panther. I watched Captain America Civil War. And I watched Avengers Infinity War, so I watched that in the last week. So I've got a good, a good chunk, a good, good like, I know where 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 we are in the story, but in terms of like all the other films, like there's a lot, there's 21 films so far in the Marvel, uh, in the Marvel series, and I, and I, I've only I've probably watched like maybe two thirds of them. Um, so yeah, not 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 I wouldn't call myself an expert. So I feel like your last minute cramming before an exam almost just sort of looking yes, at the definitely. key points and I've not done any revision whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> you're you're looking at our notes. Can I can I ask Johnny just I'm curious. Do do you even what's the name of this film? It's Avengers. But I, I don't is yeah. it This isn't I don't know what what the name of this film is. <laughs> okay, okay, good. <laughs> Wait, what is the name of this film? The name is uh, Avengers Endgame. Endgame, right, okay. Yep. Um, that's definitely going to skip my mind uh, soon. I have no real draw to the any of the Marvel films. I liked Batman, uh, but that is DC, I believe. It's not Marvel. Um, yes. I've seen one or two of the early, early, early Marvel films, like the original Spider-Man. So, yeah, which ones have you seen, Johnny? Um, just looking at this list, I've seen Iron Man. Good. I yeah. think I've seen Iron Man two. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, and okay, uh, that, that's useful. That's it. Uh, but they were a very long time ago. Um, so yeah, there's supposedly twenty one films which kind of build this universe, and I've seen uh, maybe three there. So. Yeah, not a lot, but Tom, what is your experience um, of the Marvel Universe? So I've I've seen all of the films at least twice, except for Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which I've only seen once. But all the other ones I've seen three, maybe four times. Wow. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to Marvel, so I know most of what's going on in all of the films. Right, okay. So how many years do you reckon that's been spread over? 
well, I mean, it came out in 2009, the first one, was it 2008? It's been a while. I didn't start watching them pro- like properly until maybe around 2014 or so that I really got into it and then seen them all kind of since then. Uh, the first one I saw in the cinema was the first Avengers film, and then I've seen most of them in the cinema since then and got them all on DVD and watched them several times. So, I mean, me and Ant are sort of virgin on 30, and you are 18, 19? I am 18, 18. yeah, doing my second year of age. So do you think this is more of something that... Do you find this more prevalent in your friends? Is this something that, you know, the people you hang around yeah. with are quite into? Cause I, like... Yeah, very very much so. All of my friends who are around my age are all major nerds when it comes to Marvel, and we're all, we've all seen it together. I had a group of friends from College Round uh, a week ago to watch Infinity War through, ready for Endgame coming out now. Um, so most people I know are very much into it at the moment. So I, I, I feel a little bit like when I was like I was sort of past this sort of superhero phase when when these films started coming out like I grew up with the first uh Transformers films and stuff and after one or two of those I kind of got a bit jaded and I didn't want to watch any more superhero films but it seems maybe like I've just been you know looked over these films and not thought that they were particularly great but there's a lot of hype about it so I'm just kind of curious to, to see what it's all about yeah i think it, it's very prevalent with people of a lot of ages but i think largely it would be the uh, teenage early 20s sort of demographic that they mostly go for although my dad who's um 40 something is still interested in them and went to see it with us when it came out but yeah it's good for all ages really and did you have anything to add so i was gonna say like the, the last so the last one i saw at the cinema was probably avengers age of ultron um, and I got, I was kind of fed up with that one at, at that point. I was just like, I'm done with superhero films at this point. It's just like, it's just really, it, it, it was just sort of, I got quite bored of them. It's the same thing over and over again. And I, I, I just basically avoided all the one, all the later ones after that. I, th- I think that largely is the Marvel effect is that they are largely the same film again and again, but because they have this uh, shared universe going on, you can kind of tune out that and fix on the things that carry on between the films the larger story that they paint but at the same time they are very similar right so you need to help me sort of build out a story from here uh so i think maybe the easiest starting point for that is just to try and explain a bit about the characters to me so um yeah i think there's it looks like there's a lot of characters in these films so if you can I don't know. Just sum up in a few words. So, Johnny, what 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 do you know about Thanos? Do you know anything about him? Like the, I've I've had two dealings with Thanos. One was watching uh, Dunkey play his character in Fortnite. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> and, That's a YouTuber. Uh, yeah, and then the other, the other kind of um, uh, dealings I've had with Thanos is on Reddit. Uh, on the meme or the the subreddit Thanos did nothing wrong, and I don't understand what what he's done to not do anything wrong. Uh, so I'm guessing he's some sort of bad guy just because he kind of looks like a, a bit of a bad guy. But I have no idea what he's done, who he is. Um, he kind of looks a bit like the Hulk. So, but like he is very Hulk sized, kind of like a bit purple. But besides that, I really have no idea who he is or what he does. So, enlighten me, please. Yeah, so, um, Thanos was he comes from the planet Titan for what that matters, and 
he was always he always felt like he could see the future coming. He always he says he's cursed with knowledge. Um, so he realized that his planet was starving and dying and that there wasn't enough uh, resources to go around. So his whole theory was if we kill off half of the people on the planet, there'll be twice as many resources for everyone else. So he said to his government that we should um, have a random selection of people, uh, fair to rich and poor alike. We'll just start killing half the population and then uh, the population will then thrive because there'll be more resources for everyone. Um, the government of his planet told him he was insane and that they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and then later on, his planet fell into ruin and despair, as we see it in Infinity War. But he then made it his lifelong quest to destroy half the people in the universe, uh, to bring balance to the universe, as he says quite frequently. Oh, right, okay. So is that is that in relation to Thanos did nothing wrong? Yeah, so uh, if you want to get into the plot of Infinity War, he manages to accomplish this goal and wipes out half of the universe. That's the the big sting at the end of Infinity War. Um, and some people would say that they could kind of see where Thanos is coming from, that it is dispassionate and fair to kill half the people to let the others thrive. So it's kind of like a meme culture to say, he did nothing wrong, we should kill half the people. That's kind of uh, a bit extremist. Yes. So it's sort of similar, I guess, in some ways to... Did, it, did either of you guys see the Channel 4 show Utopia? No. No, no I missed this. I know you I know it's you're a big fan of this, Johnny, but it, I didn't end up seeing it. It was like a TV show where uh, basically uh, this sort of inside government conspiracy wanted to release a virus that would kill people who uh, own, like if they couldn't speak I think it's if they couldn't speak a certain language it would kill them. So it was like half ethnic cleansing, half trying to call the population to let the world's resources um you know, uh, look after these people properly. So, yeah, I guess it's similar to that in some ways. Yeah, the relatable thing is that you can see that, uh, especially at the moment with our climate change issues, that um, humans are killing the planet. And in the Marvel Universe, there are many planets full of many different aliens. And uh, assuming that it's the same on all their planets, that their, their people are destroying their resources. So you can see the benefits to a cull the same way that you see the benefits to a badger cull. However, when it's related to real thinking humans and aliens of similar sentience it becomes less of a desirable thing to do so in in this sort of world are we kind of talking to people on other planets so are we fairly accepting of these superheroes because uh, i say like my probably one of my last experiences is x-men where you know the general human census is they don't particularly like the x-men so yeah so the, the x-men are a different universe aren't they to the, to the rest of the marvel yeah. universe take their own that's their own like separate universe it's not really that's not really commented on um but spider-man obviously is in this universe i mean you've got you've got the guardians of the galaxy they're all within this universe you've got the the uh, thor and the asgard uh gods they're within this universe pretty much yeah like most of the it seems like there's like deadpool and x-men that aren't in this universe yeah it's just them really and fantastic four as of the moment so are they Um, but i believe they're coming in soon disney bought them or something like that i think i heard so are are these characters all liked within the world or are they kind of yeah so the public consensus that the first time the public were really aware of any of the superheroes was iron man he what did he do he saved he he iron man was a, a billionaire playboy kind of guy he owned a company that sold weapons uh, for many different world powers um, and he got stood by some terrorists in the middle east and kind of had a 
a turn a turning moment in his life where he realized what am i doing selling these weapons to these horrible people because he was blown up by one of his own bombs so he then has this uh, massive personal realization and decides that he's gonna instead work for good so he makes this suit um of iron armor to go around battling bad guys and that's the first that the people are aware of superheroes and from there you have all the other ones introduced in and everyone's quite aware of superheroes and they're very well liked because in the avengers uh, there was a massive attack on new york and the avengers managed to save uh, the population so they're quite well respected and well loved by the people they even named a ben and jerry's flavor after them as we found out in the infinity War. <laughs> and what's funny as well is like like when thor comes back i mean only thor uh ragnarok uh he i mean i, I haven't seen thor three that or whatever it is the dark world but he talks about how like he's he'll walk, he's walking around New York and people come up to him wanting to get selfies with him and stuff because they know yeah. who he is. So they're like they're like they're like celebrities on Earth. yeah they're celebrities and cultural heroes really. But uh, on uh, in Captain America: Civil War, the big plot point in that film is that um, so in the previous film, which was Age of Ultron, um, they basically ended up blowing up a city in it's Sokovia. It's supposed to be Eastern Sokovia, European yes. or Russian-ish. Yeah. So so because of something that. Um, Tony Stark does is uh, he creates some robot using one of the Infinity Stones. I don't, I don't think he quite realizes it's an Infinity Stone, but he ends up powering this robot that takes over, and then like basically they have to, they have to battle the, the, these sentient robots, and then he ends up blowing up that city. Is that is that right? About right? Yeah. So um, he creates this super powered robot who decides that robots are the way forward, kind of in a sort of Terminator style way, and decides the best way to come about that is to destroy the world by launching a city into space and dropping it back down, causing a dinosaur level extinction event, um, and then replacing the world with robots. Um, but Tony Stark built him, which was the the kicker there. So in um, Civil War, the um, the UN come in and say, right, we're going to put some sanctions on on the Avengers because yeah. they've got too much power. And then there's a big there's a there's a split between in the Avengers. And some of the characters that want to agree to it, to it, and some of them don't. And then you end up at the yeah. uh, start of Infinity War, where you've got um, some of the um, Avengers who are actually arrested and or under house arrest or locked yeah. up. Some of them are on the run. So Captain America is hiding out in Wakanda with um, with Black Panther, and then um, some of them are still working for the government. Yeah, having agreed to those EU sanctions, the Sokovia Accords back in Civil War. Mm. Oh, okay. So do you want to go? Um, do you want to go over some of the uh, so Thanos's Infinity Stones? Should we talk about that. So Tom, what what's Thanos's ultimate goal? What what does he want to try and uh, achieve with uh, with the stones? Yeah. So he wants to wipe out half of the universe to bring balance to the universe and kind of level out all of the resources that are being used by everyone. He thinks that if there's half as many people, half as many aliens throughout the universe, everyone else will thrive as a result of it. And he's obsessed with this idea of balance. And there are these the six infinity stones that we've seen throughout several of the films uh, that each control different things. If he gathers all six of them together, he will have the power with the snap of his fingers to wipe out half of the universe. Right, okay. So, And the six stones do various different things, I'm guessing. Yeah, they've done various different things throughout the films. They've been the driving force of several different plots. But for uh, Endgame's sake and Infinity War's sake, in Thanos just wants to collect them all so that he can use their combined power to wipe out half the universe. And that's what Infinity War about is about, is him finding each of these stones and taking them for himself in order to do that big final snap of his fingers. So like a Horcrux kind of... Yeah, it's kind of like a quest. ...to, uh, you know, bring back Voldemort in, uh, in Harry Potter. So it's, so the stones all give him 
all these various powers. So, w- will he? Is he quite powerful as he is already? Does what? What sort of powers does he have? Yeah, to begin with, he's he's a very powerful being. He's called a Titan, um, and it's a bit ambiguous as to what his powers are. They never really say. He's just a big purple guy with a suit of armor. However, um, it has been established previously that he is very powerful in his own right. He has massive armies. That's largely how he... Um, so he's, he's not just waiting for the snap to wipe out half of the universe. At several points, he's conquered worlds with these armies that he controls and just manually killed all of these ah, half the people in it. Um, so he's very powerful in hand-to-hand combat, as it were, but his main thing is uh, controlling other people and having massive armies of aliens and monsters and people like that to do his bidding for him. Right, okay. So... Where, where does the last film leave us? Uh, so in Infinity War, so they spend the entire film with Thanos trying to get these stones and all of the good guys, all of the Avengers, realise that he's trying to do it and do their very best to stop him. However, ultimately they are unsuccessful and the film ends with him having collected all six stones um, with numerous sacrifices to himself and to the good guys and to everyone. Um, and the film ends with him snapping his fingers and we see half of the characters and half of the universe turn to dust and fade away. Um, so it's a very dramatic moment, and it's a, a cliffhanger ending um, from Infinity War, where they're all just shocked that he actually managed it and managed to kill these people. And that is where it leaves off and is ready to be opened up in Endgame. So are they sort of key important people who you maybe not expect to die? Yeah. It's, it's a full, even half of the cast is gone from very important characters to the ones that you care about to the ones you don't care about. Fully half of them are gone. And it was a very shocking moment in the cinemas last year. Right, okay. Yeah, see, this is this is where I feel like I missed out a little bit on this because I I didn't watch the Infinity War at the cinema, but I I've, I mean, like it was pretty much impossible not to get spoiled on that because it was just yeah. everywhere. And so since then, I've seen I've seen people talking about Spider Man turning to dust or whatever, and like to watching it recently, I kind of expected that to happen. I knew it was going to happen. So I imagine at the cinema watching it, it was probably really, yeah, it probably wasn't. It was an incredible surprise. Having followed the series through and going to see this film, the last thing you expect is for the heroes to lose. You expected for at the very end, like at the end of the film, uh, Thor has done this whole quest where he's gone to get this new axe that he thinks can kill Thanos. And at the end of the film, he does. He he embeds his axe deep into Thanos' chest. Um, And you think, oh, that's it. Cool. They've saved the day. They've won. Um, but then Thanos just says, you should have gone for the head and snapped his fingers and everyone fades away. And it was a really dramatic moment because you, you never really expect people to lose in one of these blockbuster films. So like Thanos has kind of achieved his goal at this point before we go and watch this final film. And he's sort of chilling yeah. and like he's achieved what he wanted to do. Yes, he is fully content that he has fulfilled his destiny and his fate as he keeps saying it. And the last film ended with him looking very satisfied, sitting down and realizing that he's completed his his life's work. I would like to point out as well is uh, just just where the characters are in the world. So pretty much most of them are on Earth, but yeah. Tony Stark and Nebula are. Um, they were, where, 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 which planet were they on when they? When they were, were on fighting? Titan, Thanos' Titan. old home planet that got decimated. And basically, they're just they're, you know. At the end of that film, they're basically stuck there um, on, that, on that planet. So you, you, Tony Stark has no way of getting back um, that we know of, and you know everyone. I think everyone else has died there, apart from just him and Nebula. Yeah. Right. Okay. So are there any of the characters that you think I should know about before? Um... um, I think just briefly, I would mention that there's a character called Captain Marvel who 
has the power of an infinity stone inside of her and can fly through space. Oh, um, so so I, I haven't seen this film. So if you want to just do a bit summary of yeah, yeah. Of, this, of that film and who she is, that would be great. So Captain Marvel, she, Carol Danvers is her name, was a pilot working with some um, secret US military experiments back in the 90s, 80s. Um, and on one of these experiments, she loses her memory and wakes up on an alien planet and believes that she's an alien for a long time until she comes back to Earth on a mission and begins to realize what happened and where her powers come from. And she is uh, powered by, I think it was the Tesseract, technically is where she got her powers from, but she's got an Infinity Stone's power inside of her and she can fly through space and shoot laser beams and stuff like that. Well, I feel much more prepared now than, than when I did about 20 minutes ago. Um, so basically... From from what you've said, Thanos is chilling. He's uh, achieved what he wanted to by killing half the people in the universe. And I'm presuming that uh, some of these Avengers and various other people are going to be wanting to put things back to the way they were, maybe go after Thanos and kill him, potentially. That's kind of what I'm guessing this next film's going to be that's about. spot on you've you've got a good gist of what you're going to be in for when you go and see the film now well thank you very much tom for your uh insight and uh knowledge of the films and we'll, thank you for having me we'll uh come back to this after we've seen the film to review it all right see you bye, bye. right okay you join us back again with movie quest we are uh, all sat back in my house uh with me is aaron and ant and we also have our spe- special guest for the episode tom joining us who is our marvel guru uh for this evening so finding uh, of knowledge <laughs> yes uh yeah he's definitely picking up the slack for uh what i lack um but anyway oh. so we're, we're on the 12th of april here so the film's been out for two or three weeks now. It has amassed an amazing amount of money. Um, I think we're at 2.4 billion Oof. right now. Um, it's getting pretty good ratings. IMDb's giving it 8.8. Rotten Tomatoes, 95%. Metacritic, 78%. We seem to be getting the vibe that people are enjoying this mm. film. Um, so... What did we think? You know, we've all seen the film now. Actually, Aaron, last time we all spoke about our Marvel experience. What have you seen up to now? Have you yeah, seen you, everything? You, you were on holiday, Aaron, weren't you? So do you want to give us a bit of a... Yeah, so I'll, I'll just... Right, so basically I've had an awakening. <laughs> I'm obviously a Marvel super fan, um, apparently, because I've seen 19 out of the 22 films. So the only ones I haven't seen are Captain Marvel, which came out just before this film. Um... Thor Dark World and oh no I've seen no 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 sorry I'm wrong I'm wrong I've seen 18 not 19 because I haven't seen the original Thor film I don't Even think not, it's actually quite good I don't think I might have seen it maybe and then I didn't see The Incredible Hulk but I like I've been told to just steer away yeah. from two of those films most of those ones you don't really want to see they're not the best the original Thor try it out but not there's some good scenes in Thor <laughs> like, there's some good scenes in Thor Thor 2 not at all I uh, don't remember. I heard, yeah, but why? But why is it? Because you're not the only Marvel fan to tell me that I should cl- like stay clear of it. I'm not gonna lie. I've kind of jumped on the bandwagon a bit with everyone else's hating of it because I remember watching it 
I didn't see it in cinemas. I saw it on DVD. And it just left a nothing impression on me. <laughs> I don't remember the story. I don't remember the characters. I don't remember any moments at all. And then I think I saw it again a few years later and I still don't remember a thing. But it actually ties in with this film, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. But they do a big job in Endgame of recapping that film more than the others because no one remembers <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was the film. Uh, don't forget that you have to do that thing with the weird spiky thing. Yeah, but I, I get, but again, it, it, it really affected... Well, we'll get into it, but it really affected... That film in particular affected like Thor's development as a character, which is mm. crazy. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I also didn't like Infinity War Man, Thanos' big golden glove film. Very controversial. It was a very popular film. I personally loved it. I, uh, I, I, I watched it a few weeks ago before I watched Endgame. But I, I, I liked it as well. It was good. It went down uh, very, very well with the fans as well. Yeah. Again, I'll, I'll, I will keep this brief because I've spoke to many people about this like multiple times. Killmonger, as, an e- as a bad guy, is basically perfect. Who's Killmonger? In, uh, he's the bad guy in, in Black Panther. He is pretty perfect. Yeah. Oh. And, and his ideologies for being a bad guy are sound right. and they make sense. Thanos's reasons for being a bad guy are stupid and yeah. make no sense whatsoever. And the fact that he was like, oh, well, in my country, they rejected me. It's something like that. They rejected him or something. And then like he was like really angry about it. And then they ran out of food. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think it makes some sense in that he thinks that if he doesn't do this, everyone's going to die. He thinks of himself as benevolent, generous. He's like, I'm going to do the thing that no one else is willing to do that will save everyone. That's his whole thing. I mean, you can nitpick. I do, I do get this. what you mean, though, Aaron. That he is quite cartoony in his like He's excessive. In his moti- motivation yeah. and stuff. But like it's all we're also talking about the end of the universe type stuff, so you know it's it's, it's going to be a bit of a a silly bad guy. Yeah, well, no, yeah, but this is the thing. This I can't right here we go. This is what we're doing. But basically, how can they get it so right with Killmonger, right? Yeah. So almost perfect, right? And then the next, they say that the film that they've been building to, the two films that they've been building to, just completely I missed guess, the point for me. Yeah, I don't know enough about the comics and stuff to to, to be able to talk about that because I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, Thanos is uh, is is based on a, a, a comic character, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. So there's already motivations b- I would in with the story of the comics, but they probably couldn't change too much. I don't know about Killmonger, whether or not he's... he's I know what comic. you're about to say, Tom, because I'm looking at Tom, and I bet he's going to talk about the comics, right? I am about yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah, the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also... I, he, well, I he, think. he was very different in the comics, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, for some, he became infatuated with death as a person. In the Marvel comics, death is a character, a female character, and oh. he fell in love with her. And his whole reason for killing people in the comics was he wanted to get with death and impress her. And mm. he was like, I know how I'll do it. I'll kill half the universe. So they did have to change it a lot. Yeah. To okay. A more that sounds like it makes more sense of it. But uh, okay. Yeah, yeah see. Mean, and if it was yeah. like a, a, a romance film for the bad guys, I would have been so down for that. But it wasn't. It was stupid. But I don't think that would go down with a general audience very well. I think people would be a bit like, what on earth is this? But what? the question is, did Endgame redeem infinity war in my mind and we will talk about that we'll get to it we will talk about that so right so let's get into dissecting the film so the film's you know pretty much broken up into three acts really uh so the first act we've tried to summarize it into the aftermath after thanos's finger clicking and everyone disappearing so we open the film with hawkeye um and his family uh having a nice family barbecue um 
and he's teaching his son how to, was it his daughter, how to shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. And uh, he turns away for a second, and then she she's disappeared, and his wife's disappeared, and I think it's his other daughter had disappeared. And we start to see the actual emotional impact of what what Thanos has done in the last film. Yeah, it's one of those things of like when you're watching the last film, you see all these characters disappearing, but what I liked about it is that it <coughs> brought it down to a family level, and you saw a uh, family you know, character who's got a family. You see it's his immediate family getting wiped away. And then it gives you a good motivation of like, okay, why is this, you know, for, for what happens later with, with, with the character of Hawkeye. Um, so I thought it was really good. Also, I think it's a, it's a good recap for people who may have not remembered what happened in the last film. I mean, I know it's massive, but a lot, lot, lot of people still need a bit of a recap. So it's good that they cut back, went to what happened immediately as, as, this, as this was happening around the world. Um, which I thought was quite a good recap. Well, that. this is this was my first two or three minutes of watching a Marvel film since <laughs> I watched Iron Man two. How, uh, yeah, how long time ago? John? So you know, I had a great recap from Tom, and I watched Mar- all you need to know about Marvel in a ten minute video on YouTube. That's the so, best way to do that. So like, <laughs> that is like yeah, so like I feel right. like I was super informed going Can into that, but going into the film, just watching those first two or three minutes, kind of. Pulled you in, doesn't it? It it pulled me in. I was like, oh gosh, right, okay, right. So all the stuff that's been explained to me, that right, this is this is actually what it means to these characters. Mm. I was like, oh right, well, so let's see how this develops. And then it kind of, I, I got I got lost in the in the grass <laughs> in the next three hours. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, we we'll, we will get onto that. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye's family disappeared. Fat four Thor. Um, yeah, you know, well, we just wanted to talk about a few different things that we sort of thought were key and quite f- fun things to talk about, or things that sort of jumped out to us in the first act. So, Aaron, yeah, because we're not we're not going to be. There's no point in us talking about the whole film, so we're just yeah, we're picking out our yeah. favorite bits. Yeah, I and guess so. Thor, Thor as a as a character has developed a lot through his sort of. Um, film arc so i think there was a, a point drawn in the sand sand with ragnarok where his character completely changed as a as a as a whole like he he was like um the actor uh chris hemsworth basically said he loved um oh what's the director's name taiko watiti taiko yeah taiko's like take on his character and the fact that he completely changed him yeah. so that he could kind of he's more fun to play now apparently um which is really cool and this is absolutely shown in this film yeah because it's weird because in the first four he's like pretty much the straight guy that everyone yeah plays off and is and he's like the the guy out on in a strange a stranger in a strange uh, world or whatever and he's he's like his reactions to all the human like the human's life and and, and all the stuff that's going on with on earth is is the comedy part of it mm-hmm. whereas now he he's completely changed into this like comedic actor basically yeah, yeah yeah he's almost like similar to like quill and style or well, on that on that on that the only things i enjoyed about um purple man and his big golden gloves film one was the um was the stuff to do with the guardians of the galaxy and thor's mm. like interaction i just thought they were really funny yeah, and the yeah. chemistry on screen was perfect and i was like oh i hope they make a film together at some point because i know that it exists in the universe yeah well you're probably gonna get that yeah uh well, yeah, hopefully um so but yeah so like the fact that like he's like an iron alcoholic he's insecure 
He's not. Panic attacks. Yeah, he's having panic attacks. Um, they drop Fortnite in to be cool with the kids. Because in five years, everyone will still be playing Fortnite. Yeah, oh yeah, I, you're so right. That's going to be dated. It's so not going anywhere at all. Yeah. Season nine's like guys, um, and just the fact that like, you know, this is this is a te- it's not a kids film, but it's a family film, and there's a borderline alcoholic who they're luring onto a ship with alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, if you think about his arc of what that character's been through, like he's seen like his his father, his uh, brother. Uh, his mother all be murdered, and uh, also like his entire like, well not all of them I guess, but like his his people have all been killed. Yeah, and he's just like absolutely distraught. And I think it's if he if he was just the same character uh, at, the, at the start of this film, it would be a bit weird. Like he it would be a bit of a disconnect. Whereas I, I like how we see how much he's changed and how what how much it's affected him. Yeah, I think in Infinity War there was a really interesting point where. For the first time, Thor couldn't solve a problem by being the biggest man with the biggest hammer. Mm-hmm. In all of his films so far, he comes up against a conflict. Maybe someone close to him dies, but ultimately he wins by being the most noble, the one with the strongest will, and he hits the other guy with a hammer. Yeah. Um, and then for the very first time at the end of Endgame, that doesn't work. Yeah. And you can tell throughout the entirety of Infinity War, Thor is expecting, oh, I'm going to go get Stormbreaker, this cool new axe. I'm going to chop Thanos in half. That's going to be it. I'm going to win. That's always what happens. I'm Thor. So it's really interesting in this film to see how he finally responds to not winning, yeah. to oh, not and being also how how like his reaction. So when he when we do go the, 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 when we do go find Thanos and then Thor ultimately chops his head off. Yeah, and nothing is solved from that. Yeah, as well. he, he does exactly what he's used to doing, which is okay. I'll kill the big bad guy, but it it didn't work, and then he just didn't know how to cope with it. And next thing we know, we've got Fat Thor, the alcoholic. Yeah, it's so good. But he like. Like he carries it well, though. Like well, it's also he, it's also quite s- it's sad, but it's also really hilarious as well. It's yeah, like it's that. really funny, and like I just love that they have like Asgard. That's just that like, they make a new Asgard it's so cute, it, off the it? coast. It's like sc- yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's so funny. Um, I also like that that like they kept him fat throughout the, the whole film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before we start the podcast, but how I feel like most other films, I was basically I was waiting for that moment where he got his hammer. And he had some sort of magic uh, transition happened, and he was, you know, his arm would burst off, and he would show his like his muscly chest, and he would just be back to his like, you know, his his original state. But no, they just kept him in a, in his his fat gut and just running around and having, and he, he just that was just him. He had to just, you know, had to fight the bad guys, just how he was. I thought it was really good, and, and also again seeing him having like panic attacks and that sort of stuff. It's like I think. I think it, it could have been. It could have been like played as a joke for for a couple of scenes, and then they would have just oh, six months later or whatever. And now he's back back to normal. But they just like they really lead into it, which I thought yeah. Really well. I I think it's a a a good. He's the best example to show that all the characters who have lost everything, like it, feel it basically. Like everyone's in pain, and his is quite physically obvious as well as like emotionally obvious. Um, do you have uh, I, I do have I, I, I have like one thing I just want to say like um, the in this act obviously they bring back Ant-Man the scene with um, Ant-Man meeting his, his daughter oh, for yeah. the first time is just beautiful like um, really really it's like the first of many powerful moments in the film where like I was like I'm not going to get emotional but um, uh, this is pretty emotional. Oh, so, uh, so you sort of realise how much it's like hooked you in. Like, yeah. In terms of yeah. Because I mean, like 
if you think about it though, like the twenty odd films that they've made, like it's not surprising that people are this emotionally connected yeah, with yeah. characters. Like you've you've watched these for like hours and hours and hours. Um and seeing like yeah, seeing Scott Lang meeting up with his daughter is pretty awesome. Yeah, like I think it's um it's like the Game of Thrones thing, like all of us in this room have grown up with this Marvel phenomenon uh, of films almost. And like you're literally seeing these characters that you've watched on screen for years, like have these really dramatic, sad moments. Well, three of us have. Maybe not so much. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you see my Iron Man one. Johnny's got his 10 minute YouTube video. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who needs like 40 hours worth of uh, like universe building? Yeah. The only other thing point i want to say or the only other thing i want to say is that um anyone who actually does listen to this if you've never seen the tv program the leftovers this first part of the film is basically the plot line for the leftovers and the leftovers is really really good johnny has seen it and he's gonna say i've, yes. I've missed i've missed last three episodes it is a very good I tv believe, series oh my goodness it's, it's like it's where it like fixes it don't not watch it, it if you're feeling down, though. Flipping heck, you're not going to come out of that. That's brilliant. So do you just want to quickly sum up so the whole idea of leftovers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, so basically, the idea is that 15% of the world just disappears in one day. And then the TV program doesn't start from that point on. It starts from five or yeah five years later. And just like how the world's dealing with it. And it's exactly the same in Endgame. It's exactly. The same. Well, I mean, it just feels the same. Yeah. Just Broken. In, just in general for the first act. Like, it reminded me a little bit, it's going to sound weird, but it reminded me a little bit of um, Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 1. So it was quite sombre, it was quite slow, and it just sort of, it was mostly just character interaction, um, seeing what, what what the characters are at this point. And, and I really liked how, how slow it was. I really liked that it was, um, that it just sort of let you sit in that sort of, in the mindset of what's happened to these characters and what's happened and what's happened to the world after fifty percent of the population mm. has died off, um, but yeah, I've, I've, for me the the first act was I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was quite. It also, in terms of the whole like going and finding Thanos and killing him, that really like, what, I I wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting it to be, for them to actually. So so when they went, went and found Thanos, I was like, oh, that was really quick. What what's going on? So it really really you know. Um, subverted my expectation of what the film was going to be. Mm. Well, like, yeah, because me watching it for not knowing any kind of build up or pace, I was like, flipping it. All right, I just got on with it. Like, what are they going to do with the next two and a half hours? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll move into the second act um, where we start to look at time travel. That's how we're going to sort of summarize that. But before we really get into that, um, we sort of get introduced into my favourite character, which is not one which you'd probably expect. It's a guy called Korg, who's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. for someone who's not seen any of the other films, like, this, like I don't know, I just instantly mm. like this this right. guy with a South African accent. <laughs> I, just uh, I think he's New Zealand. He's New Zealand. Is it New Zealand? Is it New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, it's, right, it's, it's okay. actually Taiko Watiti, the director. Uh, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I actually bad. thought when I first watched, because this guy is from uh, Thor Ragnarok, I actually thought it was Rise Darby. Is it Rise Darby, the guy from Fight the Concords? Oh, the, the manager. Yeah, I thought it was him, and I was like, "All oh, right." And I looked up afterwards, and it's not. It's just another guy with a New Zealand accent. Um, but yeah, it was like he's great. I love that character. I've been doing that accent like ever since I saw that, <laughs> which I hope's not 
causing anyone any offence. But it's I'm just, it's, 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 I don't know. I just, I just think like his character and just his, his jokes are quite funny. But that sort of detracts quite a lot from. <laughs> it's not the main point of the film, is it? Yeah. Well, I actually, I have a friend. I saw, I saw the film first time with my family. Then I went to see it again with a f- some friends a week later, and. Some of my friends had seen it already, and one particular friend hadn't seen it yet. And her most exciting moment, the thing she was most looking forward to, was Korg's return. Yeah. She asked us, is Korg going to be in this film? Because <laughs> we just watched Ragnarok a week before. And she's like, is Korg going to be in this? And we're like, yes, he is. And then when he came on, she just squealed with joy. Um, even for the very small bit that he was in. He's definitely a fan favorite after oh, yeah. very little runtime. It's. I think it's perfect that they he married they married him together with Fortnite. Like, it's, like it's pop, it's pop, pop, really spot on. pop, pop yeah. culture. Like, boom. Perfect. So I have a, a confession to make. Um, confession time. Confession so time. So me and Ant watched this on a Sunday night. Mm, it was quite a busy weekend. Watch as a lo- if you loose use the word watch loosely. <laughs> it was the last show. In what time was it? It was ten past nine. I think we started. Ten past nine. Yeah. Uh, That's not lit for people. Hey, three hour film. It, was, it was late. Mm. So I mean, we didn't. We didn't. The film didn't really start till about quarter two twenty to ten. I had a Tango Ice Blast, and I thought, <laughs> right, this is <laughs> this has got enough sugar in it in it to to keep me um, can I just keep say me active. Johnny was really excited about this. Yeah, he was actually. He actually told me about this the other day. What the Tango Ice Blast? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, loved yeah it. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I'd never had one before. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just do, do you want to tell the the listeners in um, what Tango America Ice Blast is? That yeah. Well, basically, it's like yeah. it's Tango. So Tango is like a a fruity. I don't know. It's a fruit drink but somehow it's like a slushy that's carbonated All right, okay. and that makes it like sherbet it's just like insane but anyway so we get into the second act i see korg and then my eyes start to get quite quite heavy and <laughs> i definitely <laughs> yes tom yes i'm so <laughs> i cannot believe that please don't tell me you fell asleep during this film it, there was a good hour i think oh no i missed this film and <laughs> at what point did you drift off i can't remember like i i kept coming back thinking i need to talk about this film at some point uh but as a fan that sickens me just a little bit it was late, and that. But how? It's so gripping, all of it. I only got a small ice blast, but <laughs> yeah, I woke up when fighting started happening because things started to get really loud. So before we jump onto that, I'm gonna pass this mic back to someone with a bit more um, alertness and awakeness in this part of the film. <laughs> so, so Johnny, did did you see any of the time caper stuff? I saw the start of it. So when they start to make the time machine, so right. I saw I Ant Man come back and okay. him experimenting with going back and forward yeah. but beyond that oh man you missed the best yeah. bit of the film arguably the best part of the film is yeah. them going back through previous films yeah but then again as a non-fan you probably wouldn't have got the same level of oh you know what actually yeah you're right out of going back to old films like avengers they went back to avengers and did a lot there and but you haven't seen avengers no. so so maybe it was the best point to fall asleep not that you i'm still upset though <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like i mean like i wouldn't I don't really fall asleep in films, and especially ones that I'm trying to talk about in a podcast. So I do apologise to anyone who else who would like to be here actually talking about this film, but I'm sorry I've let you all down. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> I'm disappointed, quite frankly. I'm not angry. I'm just... Just disappointed. It's great that you did that. So do we want to talk about, like, 
So the the time travel rules for this for this film is quite different to most other films. Yeah. Do you want to try and summarize it, Tom? Okay, I can try. It's as with time travel in any film, it just opens paradoxes <laughs> and getting your head around yeah. it and whatever. So basically, the summary is, you can travel back in time, but in traveling back in time, you go, you create a parallel universe. So you cannot go back in time and kill your younger self because that's a parallel universe. It doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. It just affects a parallel universe. So when they needed to get the Infinity Stones back, they can travel back in time to a parallel universe, take their stones, borrow them, use them for a bit, and then travel back and put them back exactly where they were. And that doesn't change anything that's happened for them previously. It just changes their timeline going forward and this other parallel universe's timeline from where they enter. Right. Yeah, I mean... I thought the way they explained it in the film was quite quite good. Yeah, I quite, I like, it was quite funny as well. Like the, all the references they made to all the other uh, time travel films, um, and 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 the whole like put placing the stones back into the into the original timeline was quite. I thought was quite a good way of doing it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I so coming into the time coming into this film, I knew I thought we're probably gonna go back in time. My thought was that we were just gonna go back in time and stop the snap, the original snap. I didn't think they were going to go back in time to sort of like regather all the stones and then uh, and then snap, you know, make another wish or whatever. Um, although part of me just now is realising this is a separate thing, but this is kind of similar to how like Dragon Ball Z works, you know what I mean, with the, with the yeah. Dragon Balls and like <laughs> how they get to make a wish, anyway, yeah. whatever. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, so I wasn't expecting this sort of time. I did sort of expect time travel, but not not entirely like this. It's sort of, again, it's a bit of my expectation of what the film was going to be. I think it was an excellent way of doing things. I think if they had done time travel in a more traditional sense, it would have taken away any weight from Infinity War and wouldn't have been a very good film. But yeah. this way, it added stakes in that Iron Man had his daughter, so he was fighting for her. That entire five years, he's, he's raised a family. Yes. He is potentially going to lose that if they change things. Has anyone seen the film About Time? No. So in that film... There's a whole section where... So basically about time, it, I'll give you a very quick re- re- recap of it. It's uh, uh, Donald uh, Gleeson's uh, character. He he can basically stand in a closet, close his eyes and go back in time uh, to any point in his life. But as soon as he goes back in time, he's lost everything that's you know what's happened since then. So he, he sort of doesn't realise this and he has a son at one point. He goes back in time and then before his son was born and then... He goes back into the future again, and then when he goes back into the future, he's got now got a daughter, and then you think, and he's like, you, you're freaked out by it. But if you think about that, if you think about it for a second, it's like that is horrific. Like he's lost a child. So that's what I was thinking. Like how how are they going to do this with Tony Stark having a kid? But what quite yeah. Again, going back to get the stones to then make the wish to bring everyone back, but not lose anyone. I thought it was a really good way of doing it. Like a really yeah, sort of sort of wrapped it up quite nicely. Yeah, I think it was the perfect way of doing things, especially in that it allowed us to go back to the old films that, as fans, we really enjoy and we've been watching for years. It was a great chance to kind of show this is where we've come from, this yeah. is what we've been through, the 21 films up to this point. I think that was great. Do you, thing is, like, there is still an issue, like, there's an issue, because you know the way they sort of say, oh, if you, you can fix it by putting the stones back exactly yeah. where they are. Like, do you, it's... But it's no longer that timeline anymore. It's like almost like it's like changed. It, it creates a branch. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 the way that they describe it in the film is they use a, a straight line or like a, a curved line. Yeah. But in my mind, the new is the new version of it is almost like an offshoot of it. But everything went that way, and it, it also it explains 
Spider-Verse, like the multiverse, the spider, like I love the, the fact that they sort of nod to like the multi-universe of just Marvel in general with this one thing. Yeah, so then when they go and speak to the ancient one in the past, something she explains isn't that when you put the stones back, it restores the timeline and makes it one again. The only reason she didn't want them to take the stones is because they need those stones to defend their universe. So her job is to defend planet Earth from mm-hmm. attacks from different dimensions, and she needs the time stone to do that. So the reason she wanted the stone back wasn't to restore the timeline. It was just so that that timeline could be protected. Mm-hmm. So it is fully multiverse, like um, Spider-Man. And in fact, I think they that's what they're exploring in the new Spider-Man film is uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home. They're exploring multiverses and people coming from different dimensions. Yeah, so yeah, they've, kind yeah. of, they've opened that doorway now, which Love I think it. is interesting to kind of keep people captivated in Marvel. Because after 21 films, 22 films, some people could easily be getting fed up. So I think it's interesting that they're now going this, exploring this dimension thing. I think for me as well, go, w- waiting to do this until the, on the, for the final film of this like saga is quite a really, it's a really nice way of wrapping up the whole film and making it feel like a finale and making it feel like it is coming to an end. Because I could imagine they could have probably done this in a previous film. and then But then as soon as you open up time travel it sort of like opens up a big kind of worms. Yeah, it makes every other film one of the stakes anymore. That's just yes. time travel. Yes, so I'm glad they left this to the end, yep. the final the final um, film. And, and the good thing is as well, like it allowed Ant-Man to have probably his best film. Like I would say that it's the best Ant-Man film that exists because it's the only Ant-Man film to have a proper heist in it. Yeah. Um, because the other two films, they do have like sort of heist. Well, I don't even think Ant Man and the Wasp does really have a, hi- no, a heist. No, the first moment. one has like a little thing, but I don't it, think the second it, one does. Whereas like Ant Man is all about heists. Scott Lang's like life and everything sort of around that is like about stealing things, and this just is so good. It felt like Ocean's Eleven, but it like did. like Ant Man style, and I was like, oh, finally he's got like his moment because like uh, Tom and I were discussing our love for um. Oh my goodness, I forgot his name. What's his Paul Rudd. Paul, thank you, Paul Rudd. Obviously, I don't love him enough. Sorry, Paul. But yeah, like we just like Paul Rudd is just like an awesome human being. Um, yeah, he is ageless. Yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't aged since Friends. Um, his hair has changed though. Um, but they just, it just they just use they utilize Ant Man perfectly. I just Scott Lang actually by like the sort of build up and then like the. They're going through all the plans and then sort of like they make the jokes about like how it doesn't work for the first few tries of traveling through yeah, time yeah. and like that joke's like really funny. Um, and he's always he's so determined. Time heist, he keeps saying, he's like, it's a time heist, it's gonna be great, and he's so excited about it. Yeah, and I love him. Yeah, his like him and Tony Stark back and, they're back and forth were great because he got Scott Lang, who's like completely like out of his depth. He just doesn't really yeah. you know, doesn't really know that much what's going on. And then you've got Tony Stark, who's like the, you know, the, most, the most genius person on the planet. Yeah. Right anyway, yeah, I just I love that like back and forth between those two. I thought that their, well. their dynamic was amazing. Um, and I like again, it introduced a lot of like the old characters sort of getting back to a point where they're ready to kind of deal with. Yeah, Thanos. and they're ready to take the risks as well. Yeah, as what would come with it, because um, initially Iron Man's like, no, I don't want to risk my family. But as they discover how it's going to work, they begin to come to terms with what they need to do and how they need to do it. I really liked it. I really liked it. So, like, while I was asleep... Um, <laughs> Were you dreaming about the <laughs> film, Johnny? I dream about my bed. <laughs> like, Thanos comes back somehow, like... 
<laughs> right. So let's. Could, could you just yeah, fill you in? Yeah. Could you <laughs> could you just amazing. fill in fill in that? So, right. so obviously we're we're shooting through different time periods by the sounds of it, and uh, yeah, like how how's he back in the picture? So essentially, like there's different teams, there's like different um, Avengers split off and go to collect different Infinity Stones through in various points in history. Um. Uh, and oh, you know what? Tom, you you should just do this. I don't okay. know why I'm trying to explain. We've, so yeah, so we've they got t- the guru. They need to get the stones back, so they split into different teams and they try and figure out the best locations to pluck those stones from history. And one of the things that they learn first of all is that at a certain point in time there were three stones in New York, um, during the plot of Avengers One. So they send a team back there and they realize that they're gonna have to go into space to get the soul stone, which involves a sacrifice, um, and the power stone, which was in the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. So they decide the best time to do that is to go back right when Peter Quill is searching for the power stone at the start of Guardians of the Galaxy. So you get that awesome scene at the start of Guardians of the Galaxy. You know where he's, I don't remember, but he's like dancing and he's kicking He's kicking uh, the little alien the little creatures. And he's like, what song is it he's listening to? Come and get your love? Yeah, that's the one. It's also uh, that that scene is a, a brilliant opening to Guardians of the Galaxy. So we see him uh, in this chamber l- fighting these aliens, looking for this uh, Infinity Stone. But you're seeing the point of view of of of, of uh, who is it there? With it's him? War Machine and Nebula. Yes, and to to the audience, he's just he, he's got his headphones in and he just he's just singing to himself. It's it's a really good funny scene. Um, yeah, because we have the first, the initial, the music kicks in, it takes us back to Guardians of the Galaxy back in 2014, mm-hmm. and it's the cool scene that we know and love, then suddenly it's just an idiot dancing around yeah. kicking rats, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, and uh, just completely off topic, but like the use of Nebula in this film, I personally was think was amazing. Like, she was a character that I liked from Guardians of the Galaxy, but I didn't know that I liked her that much. Yeah. Uh, she's someone that I just thought was just brilliant. Yeah, she was, she was, I really liked her. Well, I wouldn't say I really liked her. I always wanted to like her because she's played by Karen Gillan yeah, in yeah. Pond and Doctor Who. So immediately going in. I'm yeah, like, same. I'm, I agree. But I agree. in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, she was, you know, she was grumpy. She was angry and it was hard to get to like her. And obviously in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they fleshed her out a bit more. They gave her more character. She started turning good and started to love Gamora a bit. But really it was, it was a smaller part of the bigger story. But in this film... I'd have to say that there was two characters that got major plot developments, and that was Tony Stark and Nebula, which yeah. I never would have guessed going in. Yeah. And it was just incredible the way they utilized her and showed, using the juxtaposition of old Nebula, because they go back in time, they um, run into old Nebula, and there's a weird thing that where they link their brains and they end up meeting. And you get that wonderful comparison of the two, of how far she's mm. come and what she's willing to do now and what she's willing to do then to save her friends or to obey Thanos. So for Johnny's sake again... Um, do we want to go back? Yeah, so how does Thanos get involved? Yeah, so they're back. They've gone back to 2014 to try and get the Power Stone. We have the cool scene where Peter Quill's being an idiot, dancing around. Yeah. Um, Nebula gets to the stone. They knock out Quill, and they get to the stone. They reach for it, and they take it. And then she turns to um, War Machine, and he goes, cool, we've got the stone. Let's go back through time, back to the present. Mission completed. So he, um, War Machine, goes back to the present. But Nebula gets a splitting headache something goes wrong with the mm-hmm. the mechanics in her head yeah. um, and she doesn't manage to travel back in time and i forget is that the point where we see old yes young Neb- so it, it cuts to young nebula and gamora uh, fighting their way through a ship of uh, evil aliens 
Um, so we get this lovely little scene where we see Gamora again. We see them young working for Thanos. Um, then that scene ends with uh, old Nebula being linked to the mind of new Nebula. Yeah. Um, she's a bit confused. Time travel. Yeah, time travel. It's great. Um, and it turns out that in this universe they've gone back to in 2014, Thanos is kicking about. He's trying to get the stones. Um, and he suddenly becomes aware of what the Guardian of what the Avengers are trying to do from the future because yeah. he sees into Nebula's future mind through Nebula's past mind exactly what their plan is. Um, and that's how he's reintroduced to the plot. Yeah. It, he, so he's from the past. He's a different Thanos. He hasn't got any of the stones yet. He hasn't done any of Infinity Wars stuff yet. He's just um, realizing what the Avengers are trying to do and then decides he's going to stop it. Yeah, yeah. He, and basically he thinks, you know, I can I can avoid doing finding all the stones. These guys have got the stones for me. I can just go into their time timeline, get the stones, and then there well, you go. He actually realizes that he succeeded because yeah. he says the, the line... Because he sees, he sees through Nebula's mind, he sees the scene where they kill Thanos in the first act, yeah. um, the quite powerful scene where they just come across him and he's all uh, withered and weak and they chop his head off. And he sees that, and instead of reacting with, oh no, I die, he just goes, so it is, and that is destiny fulfilled. I am inevitable, as he likes to say. Yeah. Um, so he, he's not mad about the fact he dies. He's like, I've done it, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And then he thinks, okay, what do I have to do now to make sure that happens and stays done? I thought it worked quite well because, like, obviously, it, the big the, they're not going to introduce a new big baddie right now. They're going to still want to be. It's gonna, it needs to be Thanos still, but the the bringing him back um, from from a different timeline worked really well. I thought, uh, yeah, I'd, for me, like I wasn't expecting it. I, I, I kind of thought, oh, what's going to happen? Is he running into Thanos in the, in the past because he's looking for the for the stones? But yeah, I, I felt it was quite well done that that whole section. So moving on to Act 3, which we've titled The Endgame Battle. Um, This was roughly about the point which I I woke up again. There was an almighty crash at some point which sort of of shook me and uh, we were in the middle of this fight. But uh, if you want to go back just a bit before to where the Avengers all assemble... um, So so at the the point they get all the stones, um, the Hulk... Uh, snaps his finger and brings everyone everyone back basically. You you kind of think th- it doesn't necessarily tell you straight away that everyone's back, but you you get the phone call from one of the ca- from one of the dead characters and you okay we think this has happened. Um, and then Thanos turns up obviously in the spaceship, and there's a bit of a battle between Thanos, Thor, Captain America, um, and Iron Man. And for me, this battle at the start was probably my favorite part of this battle scene, just with the just with the main Avengers and Thanos. And it was, uh, again, it's just like simpler uh, in terms of like what's going on, the choreography, you can see what's happening. For me, this, this was my favorite bit of this act, like just this initial uh, battling scene. It, like, it's weird how they, all of them really, really struggled in Golden Glove, Purple Man's film. And... This time round, like they, like he was almost—I don't know—was it just because he was younger? But he just like he was—he didn't have any of the Infinity Stones, but he was still badass. Like he was like so good. Yeah, I think he was a bit because the whole point of Infinity War is he started the film with an Infinity Stone, which yeah. is immediately unlimited power. So I think it was a bit strange that our four main Avengers, yeah. or three couldn't take him on despite the fact he has no stones and he's just got a doofy double-edged sword yeah it was a bit much i think that was just they had to do that yeah. for it to be interesting for the, we the, needed, the film we needed to see um iron man captain america and thor 
throwing down with Thanos and it just had to be yeah, done. Because, the because they needed it to have that they need to have that Avengers Assemble moment, yeah. which is like, for me, it is a bit cheesy, but I really bought into it and I loved it. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was worked really well. I, I haven't seen Doctor Strange, right? So I know the whole, like, portals open up and he can do that sort of stuff, but I thought it was a really amazing visual, seeing all the portals all open up. And then, obviously, uh, Captain America saying Avengers Assemble. Although I kind of wish he would have just shouted it. it kind of I wish, I, yeah, because he's never said it before. There's, there was a little teaser at the end of uh, Civil War, I believe, or one of the films. He's in the Avengers compound and he goes, Avengers, and then it cuts to black. Um, so it was great after all these films to finally get to the point where he says Avengers Assemble. But he, d- he went so low with it, he went, yeah. Avengers Assemble. And it was yeah. like, I kind of wish he'd bellowed it, but it was still pretty great at the same time. Cool. Uh, what do you want to do? We want to talk about like the battle and stuff before we, or do we just want to go into the Captain America Avengers Four? Um, just say like, like, like yeah. Do you want to talk about Because the, the battle for me was like the worst part of the film. But well, why you say that? Why you say that? That's fine. You can. I I do not mind it. I I really yeah. Okay, so at this point, uh, we have. All the Avengers of all, all the superheroes have been brought back to life. They're all coming through Doctor Strange's. All the what? What? What was? What's the name of the of the uh, other people who isn't Doctor Strange? What are the? Uh, they're just wizards. Oh, the wizards. Yeah. Uh, they probably have a name, but I don't recall. Coming through it. the time. The, the, the strange the, the portals. guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like all all the all the different Avengers and the different like characters from all different films are all coming back now to fight uh, to fight Thanos. Uh, but for me, this is where my eyes sort of glazed over a little bit. Most of these films, most films that have these sort of massive battle scenes, I do kind of this. These are the parts that I don't enjoy the most. Like, like I I really liked it up to this point, and then it got into this battle scene, and it kind of went on for a bit bit too long for me. Yeah, I think it had to. It's an Avengers film. It's gonna end with a big CGI battle. That's just mm-hmm. what they do. That's what everyone wanted to see in terms of. Uh, what was going to sell well so it was it was bound to happen and of course that's why they brought thanos back is because he had an army yeah. cool we can see all of our characters in one go having a big fight and we can see some great moments and that so it was going to happen but at the same time it also for a film that tried to stray away from the classic superhero big action tropes it did fall back into it in yeah. that last hour but i think it was kind of necessary it w- yeah it was cool seeing a lot of the characters interact with each other and stuff and like seeing the spider-man and, and all, all the other characters yeah, come back. The, it, was, the, it was cool the spider-man moment when he goes like is it suit kill is that what was the yeah the um, ins- activate instant kill mode. yeah instant kill mode and like that scene is so good like again spider-man this version of spider-man the is the best version of spider-man the best there ever will be i yeah you're pull- you're Into saying the that i mean come on uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. As in, like, he's the best um, live action, actual, yeah, yeah actual yeah, yeah, person to, yeah. to play him because he's the perfect age. I mean, Tom pa- Holland is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Apart from obviously, you know, Spider-Man Three. Ah, uh, great film. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we need emo Spider-Man. Emo yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> it's just necessary. Yeah, yeah obviously. Uh, what I want to see is I want to see this guy. Does he say? Yeah, do that. Reenact yeah. the exact yes. scene. <laughs> Please, the dance and everything. <laughs> um, they do it in Spider-Verse. So. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, so. Yeah, like I, I actually, I really enjoyed. I feel like I was ready for this because the rest of the film was so like, like s- slow and like sort of took its time. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for like a big fight. I wanted to see people like do their thing. Like sp- again, mostly Spider Man. Um, I, I really enjoyed this bit. I just think I was excited to have all the characters back because unlike 
a lot of people I was quite well no I think I think a lot of people were quite sad that a lot of like a lot of my favorite characters did get wiped out like Spider-Man Black Panther yeah, I think they did a good thing in that they kept a lot of the more original Avengers for this film so they, they did it on purpose it up, didn't they so they could tie it up with those characters but I think it was great to see our new favorites come back for a, a big battle scene yeah I really enjoyed it like I like I think I could hear, see, like, the best bit is, like, I, I was, like, almost living through the film through the dude that was next to me because, like, he was, like, crying and he was, like, <laughs> woo, yeah, yeah, do it. Like, just going, like, just, like, he was, like, super into it. Like, wow. it was, like, yeah, it was it was yeah. great. Like, because I could hear him, like, when the, in the sad moment. So, um, obviously, when Black Widow dies, like, uh, like he was, like, <sighs> like, just giving it all that. And, like, Heather, my wife, was just looking at me and we were just sort of giving each other, like, don't laugh it's not <laughs> funny that this man's crying it's fine like and i think a lot of people like my friend tom not this tom but a different tom um has seen it five times and he's cried four wow. of the times that he's seen it wow that is investment that is investment I think it speaks to the testament of what marvel has become over these years because yeah. yeah i certainly teared up a bit the second time i saw it it's it's powerful when you've been watching these films for so many years that was it actually that was the thing that made this really good was it was the it was the the fight scene with the um all of the characters meeting each other again was done really well like i wasn't i was like i'm not gonna get emotional about it because it's fine and then rocket met groot and i was like oh my goodness yeah. no Ah, I can't handle this. Yeah, I was in the first, no, the second time I saw it, there was a five-year-old about two or three seats from me really? who just couldn't contain anything that happened. They had to talk about it or laugh I or cry. Know. And it was like your person and your screening. It was just, I was living the film through this kid. So when uh, there's this marvelous scene that I'm sure we want to talk about where Captain America picks up Thor's hammer and this kid just goes, it's Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. And throughout the film, whenever anything happened, Spider-Man came back and he went, it's Spider-Man. And... Like I could have been annoyed at it, but it was so cute. Yeah, I really, I really wasn't. It, it was just perfect. And it, again, because that's what it, like this whole bit was that over and over and over yeah. again. It's just like just constant like moment after moment. Yeah, moment after moment. Like the whole like when um, Quill met Gamora, like yeah. And I was like, yes, it's so good. And then she like hits him in the nuts, and I was like, perfect, perfect. So Guardians set it up for Guardians three. Come on. So the the Captain America wielding Thor's hammer moment. I thought that was it, it. Visually looked awesome and uh, was a very cool moment. Yeah, I really liked it. But I was. I think this is a part where I, I'm not invested to this that much into the rest of the st- of the films. That I kind of was a little bit lost on me. Like I kind of was like, "Hang on a sec." I didn't think anyone could wield the the, the hammer unless it was Thor. I was kind of confused. I remember in the, one of the previous films where he almost picked it up. So it sort of took me out of the film a little bit just because I was a bit confused. I've gone on to since read about all the okay, different cool, fan yeah. theories and stuff like that, which is like, oh, okay, so maybe he was always worthy, but he just didn't want to. Oh, well, yeah. In in, in in the comics, he actually, he does he does wield it. Right. Is, is, can you just, again, just, just to uh, explain to me, what is it exactly that you need to have to be able to wield the hammer? So I think in Cap... Sorry, Thor 1, um, Thor's dad, Odin, says... He whoever wields this hammer, should he be worthy, shall have the power of Thor. So basically, it's a worthiness tester. And now, what being worthy is, is kind of a bit up for for you to decide. So being pure of heart, being wise, strong, powerful, courageous, all of these things is immediately... It's a great film device to show to the audience what a character is, that if they can pick up this hammer, that means they are all of these great virtues. So in, in Avengers Age of Ultron, 
we have the scene where Vision is born out of the Mind Stone. And we have we set up a scene earlier where everyone tries to lift the hammer and no one's able to do it. And we see different characters and how they go about doing it. We see Captain America twitch the hammer. And you could argue that maybe he knew he was able to but didn't want to to show anyone. Yeah, yeah, or maybe that. he wasn't quite worthy yet. Um, but then later on we see when Vision is born, we're not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy yet. We don't know if, because he's born out of Ultron, the bad guy. We're like... Is he going to be evil? Then he picks up the hammer and immediately the audience knows, oh, this guy's good. He can lift the hammer. Oh, which so that film was that in? That is um, Age of Age Ultron. Of... So that's the first time someone other than Thor lifts the hammer, I suppose. Is, other than is that in the actual film? Is that a film? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's in the film. Um, yeah. uh, Vision lifts the hammer and that's how we know he's a good I guy. I don't remember that at all. I yeah, watched it was, that film. It was a bit of a letdown that he was the first to do it and not Captain America. Yeah, but it was a good yeah. plot device for the film. But again, I think it was because... In the comics, obviously, the fans know that he does use it at some point. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, ooh, not, not yet, yeah, not, not yet, yet. you got to wait. So that little twitch was perfect. And it's, right. it's another testament to them setting up great and things. This was four or five years ago that he twitched that hammer, and here we are now. He and it up. with the, the whole stuff to do with Civil War and, like, sort of um, Tony and Cap, like, sort of being against each other, and, like, you're sort of looking at Captain America's, like, his way of thinking might have been yeah. not worthy yet, and then it's they. Ha- he has the character development. You know where Tony Stark and Captain America sort of, like uh, Captain sort of apologizes yeah. and like just says like I'm really like they. So- he sort of hits the, the right way of like. Or I don't know. He just sort of redeems himself as a yeah. character from Civil War because he goes from being very very square by the books rules as opposed to emotion. Sometimes he's all about doing the right thing, but then I think he in Civil War and in this film and in Infinity War, he gains a little bit more empathy yeah. and stuff like that. And it's that last little bit that he needed. He, he was almost all there before with lifting yeah, the hammer, yeah, but now... He's, he's right, he's right. Yeah. And then they have this like amazing, amazing scene where he yeah. just like kicks butt and then Thor just sort of goes, I knew, I knew that you could yeah. do it, I knew. And, like, I knew it. It's so good. And then they square off. It was so like... I mean, I mean, the CGI budget for this film must have been so But it's big. made, what did we say, 2.4 billion? 2.4 billion. 2.4 billion budget for the for the film was 356 million. That's not as much as I thought it would so be. So it's actually. an ins- it's an insane budget, but they easily made it back. So I think they were safe. Third most expensive film of all time. Wow. 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 But it was a safe it was a safe bet because yeah yeah it was always going to gross like a silly amount of money. Um, so we're going to talk about the the final yeah, the, the final moment of the, of the film. Right. I just right. So d- Tony Tony Stark. Right. I was going to say like. When he, when the kid, when he, when we, first of all, when we found out he, he had a daughter, and then she says, "I love you," like three thousand or so whatever, cute. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, oh, he's so dead. He's so dead. <laughs> Heather, my wife, was like, "No, I didn't know that." Or I think, I think she said that. I'm not. I don't want to misquote her, but I, I don't think she noticed. But I, in my mind, I was like, "Oh yeah, like he's gone. Like it's over for him." But strangely enough, uh, outside of that, he signed up for more Marvel films, which is interesting. Has he? Uh, yeah. they'll they'll shoo him in somewhere. They'll probably, I imagine, in Far From Home, there'll be a holographic message that he's left for Spider-Man that we'll see, and then there'll be something where they go back in time and there's parallel universes. I, I see this as this is the for me this is the end of his story. Arc. Rightly so, though. Yeah. it's a perfect end because the it started with Tony Stark and all of it has been Tony Stark preparing for Thanos to come mm. and then battling him and then losing and then coming back. It's it was perfect. And what's what's really clever is if. I'm not sure when they started this, but they've been like hinting at this at uh, this ending for years. Yeah, it was with, um, with, with the with the whole like I mentioned it earlier on the podcast with the whole like the his arm hurting throughout a lot of the films and having he's like rubbing his arm and stuff and like the the nod of like him using this uh, Infinity Gauntlet 
at some point in time reverberates through time and, to, and, and, and affects him. In the yeah, past. and we saw in, I think it was Age of Ultron again, he gets a vision, Scarlet Witch makes them all have visions, and his vision is uh, Thanos' army destroying the Earth and all of the Avengers lying dead in a pile and Captain America's shield broken. So even back then, they've been foreshadowing this coming. Mm. It's really good story writing, like, uh, like as a whole. like Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, it, it really... I want to be annoyed at it. I want, I like, I want to be annoyed. I'm like, I just, I, why it shouldn't work, but it really just yeah. does work because that ending is so powerful. Because there's, there's not been another movie franchise of this scale before where they've done so much over so many years and so many movies. I can't think of a, like, we've, the, got, we've got great trilogies. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the closest thing that comes to it is Return of the King of the yeah. Rings. That's probably, for me, a, a movie Harry Potter. I was going to say but Harry even Potter. Then, but even then, that's I, only three films and eight films. Yeah, exactly. Star yeah. Wars. Nah, no, because it's not it's not one continuous it's not story yeah, arc. Yeah, yeah. It's just like here's that free, here's another set. So free. to have this thing where it's a franchise thing of lots of different films with individual stories, but little nuggets of this overall it's story never been done before. I guess comic books is probably the yeah. closest thing that would have done it. Um, for me, yeah, the Death Death arc was it was quite moving, and um, yeah, I, I was trying to think like. I didn't expect like again with the whole like I am I am I am sorry, the whole I am Iron Man, and to end that end his character's uh, story out with that line when it's the last line of his of his first movie, yeah. it's just really nice like little ring there a little bit of poetic yeah, um, license. So I think it was really good. Um, yeah, I I I loved in in terms of like the the act the third act, the battle scene like I said before sort of got a bit. Bit too much for me, but this scene and him putting on the gauntlet was—I thought, yeah—worked really well. And and like Thanos's end as well. Like I thought, like the whole that whole bit of him sort of fading away and stuff was really cool. Like, you, you, yeah, the look on his face—he looked yeah. like he was, like he he, he realized it was the, it was the end. Like he was there's not much he could do. Yeah, because previously he'd been so convinced that he was mm. inevitable, and then suddenly you just see that realization that he's not, and that that's it—he's fading away. It's. It was, medicine. it was beautiful. Like the whole thing was just beautiful, honestly. I uh, like good. What what time are we on? Uh we're on fifty minutes, but you gotta think we had <gasps> like we had like five minutes, yeah, I know five ten nice. minutes. Okay, do we just wanna wrap up now, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do you, you wanna talk about, Johnny? Uh no, should I just toast your summaries then? Just go for each one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless unless there's anything else you want to talk about, Tom or something. Yeah, cool. Right, so um, and what's your sort of final summary in a minute or two minutes? Um, okay, so I don't have a ton to say on this, just because obviously, like, it's such a vast film. It's like it, 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 it's a lot to go into. But for me, what's most impressive about this is how well it's how well they've managed to craft this saga over twenty-one or twenty-two movies, whatever it is is pretty much incredible. Like, no other series of it has ever done this. Um, what I loved about it is, I was saying this again, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but um, how they waited for so long for them to do this sort of universe-ending um, moment. Like, a lot of other films try and jump to this moment too quickly. So, like I mentioned earlier on to Aaron before, uh, was, like, Star Trek, the, the, the new reboot for Star Trek, straight away we're doing time travel and universe ending like story it's just like too quick too, too much too quick 
I think also that's probably one of the problems that the DC um, companies having with the moment with the with the films they're bringing out is that they're trying to rush it too quickly, and th- like they needed to. What I loved about the whole saga is that they've just slowly brought these films in, slowly introduced the characters, giving them space to breathe and space for you to, to for you to get hooked into the characters, so that when eventually when they bring them all together and when they do these this this fa- finale. It really means means a lot, lot to you. So like when Tony Stark dies, you've watched him throughout for years and years and years, all these different movies. So it means so much more than if he, this was all, you know, the third film in the series or whatever. It wouldn't it just wouldn't mean as much. So for me, that's the most impressive thing about this film. Um, just how how well he wrapped it all up. Um, again, again, my favorite part of the of the uh, film was probably the time caper stuff. Just because it was so fun, so well done. There was no, pretty much nothing about it I didn't like. Um, the first act was great. The third act I had some issues with. Just again, it, it's probably it comes down with just how long the film was. The film was very long, and um, just because battle scenes, I, I do get a bit bored of them. But in general, like the film, I thought worked really, really well. I still think Infinity War might be nope. might prefer it a bit more. Nope. But um, yeah, I really liked it. It was good. We're not going to be putting this on our. No. list but can you give me a rating out of five out of five probably i'd say a four star better than bird box right oh it's not going on our <laughs> list <laughs> probably uh four and a half stars i think just i mean like for, for this type of movie it's i don't think anything comes close to it in terms of like again it's infinity war maybe probably I might prefer it a little bit more just because it's a bit of a cleaner film but yeah um yeah, it's it's pretty much one the, probably the best superhero film ever made, really. Uh, no, that's not quite true. Dark Knight's better, but still. Yeah. Aaron, summary and your rating, please. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really brilliant. Like when I was watching the film again, I noticed like I was very aware of the length of time, but in my mind, like it it wasn't really for me. It was for like the super like they were giving it time for the super nerds like mm. and like you know they were respecting the audience and that's why it had that's why it was three hours long and i that is that is a an idea that i can get behind because tom is nodding in agreement like it was important it was important that like they just took their time over the most or the most significant film so far um and for me that just really really helped make it what it is like in my mind is which is a great film a very 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 good film um like also the fact that i might get an as guardians of the galaxy film from that mix you know if that's if this film has to happen for that to happen that i don't care like that makes me so happy like that is something i'm super excited for so if james gunn you know he listens to this obviously this is his podcast um please do that write it in to your story uh yeah yeah really really good really um definitely better than bird box so well what what's your rating out of five five bird boxes no uh probably like oh uh three i'm gonna give it a three out of five the, the reason being is because <laughs> no look right I, after all that after all that you think that three three's good three's good Three's good, right? So when we're talking like um, five is Blade Runner. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. right. And four is like um, 
I'm trying to think of a four film right now. Oh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I mean, the thing is, you can't really compare. Again, this is a problem we have about podcasts is that you're comparing like a, a superhero movie with yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. But whatever. that's that's what I mean. So like unit three. But that's like a, you need to know that three is good. Like seventy-eight on Rotten or whatever it is on Metacritic, people are like, "Oh, that's bad." It's like, no, that's that's good. That's a good rating. Okay, right, we'll go with three. Tom, <laughs> um, yeah, please summarize and give us your rating, please. Yeah, so as a long-term Marvel fan, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the first part of the podcast, I've seen all the films probably over two to three times, something like that. It was just perfect. It did everything I wanted it to do. I was ridiculously hyped. I think I was probably too hyped to the point where it was probably couldn't live up to <laughs> my expectation. But it had all the moments I wanted. It had the emotional weight I wanted. I even... Uh, admit that I shed five to six tears the second time I watched it. Um, it was just incredible. It did everything I wanted it to do, and it tied up this long-running saga incredibly perfectly, and I was very pleased with it. I think it's probably better than Infinity War, but I don't want to make that decision yet. I want to give it some time, but it was an impeccable film, and it was very well done. Out of five, I don't want to, I don't want to say any film is perfect, because... There's only a few perfect films. There's The Empire Strikes Back and there's The Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Other than that, there are no perfect films. Oh, Tom. So I'm going to go with probably like a four and a half stars. Four four to four and a half. It's, it's up there. It's very, very close to perfect. Oof. It's better than Bird Box. Yeah, good. That's all that is. That's it. all that is. Yeah, <laughs> you, doesn't, you doesn't need to see it. No one needs to see that film. Right, so... I can't really give it a summary, really. <laughs> but, like... The one thing I will say is like I've spoke to quite a lot of people since I've watched it, um, outside of you guys, and I really like the way that this film sort of, I don't know, it's kind of, people have got an opinion on it. Like people have come out of the woodwork who I just really wouldn't have thought have any interest in, um, Avengers or Marvel at all, um, and said, "Oh yeah, have you seen it? Have you seen it?" It's like I've seen it, but I don't know <laughs> about it, and I. I you know, it's, there's that community feel, which I do feel like a little bit of an outsider, really, because I've, I've not seen the other films. And I, I do kind of half wish that I had invested the time into that, but that's my downfall. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see um, so many people getting together and just being so excited about one film. It sort of feels like when the World Cup's on or something, where everyone's supporting mm, the same yeah, team yeah, and everyone's yeah. excited. Or like the Olympics or whatever, it's like a whole national like everyone's talking about it. It's it's, it's, it's quite fun. It's the same with Game of Thrones. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like. Yeah, it's like, have you seen it? Have you not seen it? Can we talk about this? Yeah, like, it's crazy how media could do that to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. So I I'm gonna bypass my out of five. Um, Better than Bird Box? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I I like Bird Box. I thought it was alright. Like. Yeah, I mean, I could have watched Bird Box twice. Um, mm. You could have. Could. So Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I'm going to wrap up this episode yeah. here. Um, before so before you do that, we just want to say thank you very much to Tom. Yeah, cheers. Thank you, Tom. Um, you've, yeah, we you really appreciate it. Honestly. We need, we, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm sure we'll have you back for something like... <laughs> you, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll have everyone back for... Lord, I think all of our friends are mass Lord of the Rings <laughs> fans. So for those of you that have made it to the end of this episode, um, thank you for for listening and we will see you again soon. Yeah, cheers guys for uh, for listening. Bye.